back to Squatch Ranger Files, episode 44. I'm really excited about this episode, guys. We're going to change the format a little bit. You're used to me reading Bigfoot reports from around the country, around the world, around North America. Not going to be reading Bigfoot reports. On this episode, instead, I'm inviting a excellent and excellent guest, Brian Terrell, of the Red Dirt Cryptids Investigations team. I will let him introduce himself and talk about his group here in a little bit. But first, a few announcements. And once again, we are expanding the show to the Anchor platform, and we are very excited to be here. Anchor helps the show reach Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. We hope to grow our audience and are able to continue to bring you the latest Bigfoot reports from around the country. If you are a new listener out there to the show, welcome. You are now an official Squatch Ranger. Your duties include have an open mind, ask questions, trust but confirm, and always seek the truth. Thanks for joining the show. Yes, we appreciate all of our new listeners here on the Anchor platform and all the different platforms wherever you're tuning in from doesn't matter. We're just glad you're here. Please help spread the word about our show. If you like the content that we're bringing, please spread the word. We'd like to keep this going as long as possible. I enjoy bringing you the Bigfoot reports and providing the show. All right, so let's move on here. I want to talk about my YouTube channel really quick. I do have a YouTube channel. It's called Squatch Ranger. And I want to talk about two videos in particular real quick. About a year ago, I uploaded a video 
called Bigfoot Eyewitness Quiz. And about a week ago, I uploaded a video called Bigfoot Suit ID. And both of these videos were inspired by a skeptic's point of view, kind of looking through the eyes of a skeptic. You know, what questions do skeptics ask? What kind of points do they bring up? And what I come back to is they always say eyewitnesses are misidentifying animals. Like a mis you saw you misidentified a bear, misidentified bear. And then the other um, topic or point they like to bring up is you were hoaxed. It was a hoaxer, someone prancing around in a Bigfoot suit. So I want you to check out both of these videos. They touch on both of these topics. The Bigfoot eyewitness quiz is like a 10-question quiz proving that the average person has common sense and they can identify basic animals. And so that's kind of for the skeptics. The second video, the Bigfoot suit ID, I kind of had this idea to come up with a police lineup and put all of the most popular Bigfoot costumes on the market in a police lineup for a witness to look at. And this will, this will kind of help us eliminate if it was a hoax or not. So, I mean, they might look at the lineup and say, what I saw didn't look like any of these. Are you kidding me? These Bigfoot costumes look ridiculous. Or, you never know, it might be the other way. They might say, oh, wow, number seven in your lineup looks exactly like what I saw. In fact, that's what I did see. And there we go. We knew it was, we knew it was a hoaxer just by providing some pictures of some Bigfoot costumes on the market, ranging from $60 to $100 in an affordable price range for most people. So please check out those videos on my YouTube channel. All right, on the upcoming episode of Squatch Ranger Files, episode 45, I'm going to give you my review of the new Finding Bigfoot, The Search Continues. It's a two-hour special. There's a lot of people out there in the Bigfoot circles. They're getting confused. They're thinking that this... Finding Bigfoot was a whole new season. It's not. It's just one two-hour episode. If you haven't caught it already, I suggest that you get the Discovery Plus app, do the seven-day trial, watch the episode, and then end your subscription before the seven days. You can watch the episode for free. That's exactly what I did. So I recommend you do that. So anyway, in the upcoming episode, I will give some thoughts on... The Finding Bigfoot episode and what I think. So be stay tuned for that. All right, without any further ado, let's bring on our guest. He is with the Red Dirt Cryptids Investigations team. He investigates in a part of Oklahoma that is near and dear to my heart because I am originally from his area where he's going around and looking for signs of Bigfoot and talking to eyewitnesses. And so let's bring on Brian Terrell. Brian, welcome to Squatch Ranger Files. It's nice to have you. Well, I'm glad to be here. Why don't you go ahead and let's open this up. Tell the audience just a little bit about yourself, how you got into Bigfooting, why you like the topic of Bigfoot, all that good stuff. <laughs> well, what's not to like? Um, 
Well, my name's Brian. I, I live in Enid. Um, I'm a teacher. I'm uh, not a spring chicken anymore, but uh, I, uh, I still get out and I, I do a lot of camping. And I have done a lot of camping and outdoor stuff my whole life. And, uh, and because of that and because of what I've, I, I've seen and I've been out there and, and done and witnessed, uh, it's kind of got me interested in the cryptids. And, um, yeah, I just, uh, I'm just a regular guy with, uh, a lot of curiosity and an open mind. And, uh, I think everybody in, uh, that's into Bigfoot and Sasquatch and other cryptids, you know, <laughs> they know that having a truly open mind is a pretty rare thing in reality. Yes. And I, you said you're from Enid, Oklahoma, and that kind of makes me think, uh, some listeners out there might be Jurassic Park 3 fans. And I don't know if you've seen Jurassic Park 3. Yeah, I'm a they, fan. Yeah, okay. They uh, they reference um, the Kirby Paint and Tile Plus store, Enid, Oklahoma, and the Enid Westgate Shopping Center. Yeah. So they, they reference uh, that in the movie throughout Enid, Oklahoma. Is that one of Enid's, like, number one claims to fame? <laughs> Well, um, I got to admit, it, it was kind of a shock. I was actually in the movie theater when I heard that. And uh, <laughs> I was just like, what did they just say? Um, and there really is a Westgate Shopping Center in Enid, but there has never been a Kirby tile. And plus, <laughs> okay. Well, I, I figured Mark Price might be your number one claim to fame, um, but I, I think Jurassic Park 3 is an awesome movie. We watch it all the time when it's on TBS or whatever network. So I just had to throw that in there for the audience. Uh, Enid, Oklahoma, everybody. All right, now let's get back to the Bigfoot talk. So you have a Facebook group, and it's called The Red Dirt Cryptids Investigations. Why did you... Or how and why did you come up with Red Dirt Cryptid Investigations? <laughs> yeah, it does kind of stick out a little bit. Um, to be truthful with you, it kind of evolved out of um, what, what I would say to be a, a struggle that I think we're having in Northwest Oklahoma. You know, if you go to other places like uh, southeastern Oklahoma, um, you know, you can sit in a, in a restaurant, you can talk about Sasquatch or Bigfoot, and nobody even really pays attention because that's fairly commonplace, you know, and, and uh, it's just borderline not unusual. Now, up in northwestern Oklahoma, um, you know, these, these people would probably overhear a conversation like that, and, you know, they'd be like, you hearing all this you know and it's it's just really unusual and i think that because we have that stigma in northwest oklahoma um i think that uh, we've got a tougher job to do by trying to get the word out and and to try to get people to come forward and, and for people to give us give us information and tell us what they've seen and or what they've heard or what they've experienced and so when we were choosing a name, we wanted a name that just almost sounded like Northwest Oklahoma. And uh, 
that was what we came up with. We just we just wanted to come across as um, not some you know cryptid team from you know somewhere far away. We, we wanted to be local. You know what I mean? Yes, it's a very unique name. I'm just thinking. Um, I think you have in, anywhere between 300 to 400 members right now in your Facebook group, and I'm just thinking uh, if the people in the Bigfoot circles, when when the names are scrolling across or the groups are scrolling across on Facebook, like pages you should join, and they see Red Dirt Cryptids, I think that's just a catchy name and that really grabs their attention. So, so kudos to you on the name, uh, and it and it fits perfect because. It describes the area just like you were talking about. Now, yeah. I want to talk about Northwest Oklahoma some more. I want to talk about Sasquatch activity in Northwest Oklahoma because oh. you were saying it's it's unheard of or it, it has been and you're trying to break that. Are there any known hot spots in Northwest Oklahoma? Any spots that you tend to go back to and you're hearing activity and patterns? Oh, yeah. Um, now... First and foremost, let me let me just say that Northwest Oklahoma is when when people hear that Northwest, you know, when they hear that, they, they immediately get this idea of rolling barren plains with, you know, uh, like Kansas or something, and and even Kansas, you know, that's a that's a misconception as well. I mean, Kansas is not all like that, you know. There is a lot of woods in Northwest Oklahoma. There's a lot of trees and and now it's not like eastern oklahoma where you know there's trees everywhere you know and you basically have to go in with a a bobcat and carve you out a spot in the trees just to put your house but they're out here i mean we've got tons and tons of forest and vegetation you know 100 you know plus year old trees and i mean there's a lot of cover and habitat for them but uh you know there is a lot of open plains too, but um, that actually can work to our advantage. And uh, that, that's a kind of a technical question there. I, I don't want to distract from your, from your question, but yeah, the hot spots. I'm going to say the one that we probably try to work the most is Canton Lake. Um, it's pretty well known that there's Sasquatch activity out there. Um, I've, we've, found tracks out there i've never seen one out there but they're out there um we've got reports from salt plains lake area um they are not as you know they don't come in as often but um we do occasionally get reports of them up in that area try looking at you know the the amount of uh cover just at salt plains lake you know with all the trees and stuff out there it's i mean it's pretty dense um we also, we don't just completely, you know, we're not isolated to Northwest Oklahoma. We, we like to go, um, I think Skytook Lake area is a, is a great area. We've done some research out there. We've also, um, you know, I've always got my ear to the ground for what's going on around Blackwell and Ponca City. Um, there's a lot of First Nations um people that live up there and uh i think anybody that's in the know knows that they tend to um follow the first nations people around i think or or at least they feel more comfortable with them at least you know but those are a few of the places that we 
try to. Now, there's really nothing in the immediate Enid area. We have to travel, but, you know, it, just, it is what it is. So you said you found some tracks up around Canton Lake. About how big were those tracks, or what were some of the biggest tracks you found around there? Well, the biggest tracks that I found were, uh, I'm going to say about 14 inches over there. They, they were some really muddy ones, so uh, and they were old, so it kind of makes it hard to, you know, be real specific. Um, but we, and I would say that that was, uh, you know, a young young adult or maybe a good-sized female. I'm, you know, like I said, I'm, it's kind of hard to tell. Uh, we found some juvenile tracks, what we believe to be juvenile tracks down there too. And that's, um, in my opinion, that's, uh, that's great. I mean, it's, it's good that they're thriving to the point where, you know, they've got young ones that are surviving and, and growing. And, and a couple of weeks ago, I, I was, uh, scrolling around on Facebook and, there was a, a couple that had posted some stuff on the North Canadian River Project page where they were out there in, uh, on the west end of uh, the wildlife management area out there, and they had come across an impressive track set. Uh, not going to lie to you, I was pretty jealous. <laughs> and my brothers found uh, my brothers found some tracks, and they were about a size ten over there, and they were out in the middle of nowhere, barefoot tracks. We've got some. Uh, a couple of, I think there's a couple of photos of those on our website uh, that my brother took uh, where they were crossing the river. Oh, wow. Okay, so I want to get into, you know, how you investigate. What what do you do to investigate cryptids? <laughs> well, um, what does anybody do? I mean, uh, we've got, we've got uh, people like... Uh, you know the the big boys on TV, and uh, they have unlimited budgets, and they can't find them. The main thing I, I do is I put myself out there. I mean, you're never gonna you're never gonna have an experience, or you're never gonna find anything uh, unless you get out there. Um, you you got to get out there, and you got to go camping. You know, you got to put yourself in those places where you know that they are rumored to be, and just be there and be yourself, uh, make a little noise, laugh a little bit, you know, um, there's a, there's no, you know, surefire secret, uh, for how to, uh, get a opportunity to interact with them or something like that. But, but I know that, you know, just by being out there and, and doing that, um, you know, it, you're never going to have anything happen in your head. Well, that's not true. Ask, uh, so what's his name from Livewire? <laughs> he wasn't asking for any of it. They just came up. But uh, I've never been that lucky, if you call that lucky. But in northwest Oklahoma, though, we do have, I would say, like a, a lower population. But we've also got some advantages that most people don't realize. Um, you know, like when you're hunting deer in northwest Oklahoma, well, a lot of times we'll hunt funnels because... Uh, the trees grow along creeks and uh, they grow along rivers and stuff like that. And I think that the, uh, the big man, they use those as corridors. And you and I have had a lot of uh, conversations about, you know, their trackways and, and, you know, their travel routes and whatnot, or 
you know, hypothetical travel routes. And right. Yeah. And, and, you know, if they're sticking to cover, if they're sticking to trees and, and the trees follow strips, why that makes them easy, easier to pattern. Um, you can look at aerial photos and say, well, the, the woods get real skinny right there. You know, you can, you can find it on aerial photographs, Google earth, and you can, uh, you can save yourself a lot of time and you can just go to that one spot and you can look at that. Sometimes it's a bridge. Sometimes, you know, sometimes it's just a, a part where the tree, a place where the trees get skinny, you know, kind of thin and you can walk around out there and you can look and you can do a lot of, uh, investigating just on Google earth. I love Google earth. I love Google maps. <laughs> me, me too. Yeah. I think that's a great point. It's, it's, um, Eastern Oklahoma, lots and lots of woods. Uh, where where do you begin to investigate versus yeah. Northwest Oklahoma, Western Oklahoma? What you're describing, you kind of have all the places laid out, and you kind of just know where to go and where they should be according to the the pathways for them to travel with wooded cover. Yeah, I mean, just follow the strips of cover, you know. And, and so, in a way, finding them is a little bit easier where we're at. Because over there, they could be anywhere. But there's just less of them up here. I, and I will concede that point. So do you think they do you think they are just traveling through western Oklahoma, northwest Oklahoma? Or do you think there's just few of them that are staying kind of year-round? What, just kind of what do you think? Oh, the mysteries. You know, there's no way to know for sure. But... Right, right. I just want to know what you kind of. But I, I can tell you, I can tell you what I do know. Um, I do know that, take for instance, uh, Kent Wildlife Management Area. Um, there were a set of tracks, you know, and a great, a good trackway that was found just out there uh, a couple weeks ago. You know, that's you know January, you know, or well, actually uh, February, first February. Um, we found some out there in the middle of the summer. So if they're just passing through, when, how many times are they coming and going during the week or during the year? I don't know. I mean, there's just too many things that we don't know. But, you know, when you're finding tracks in a consistent basis in the summer, in the winter, in the fall, why the obvious conclusion is, is that they are not migrating through, that they actually live there. very very interesting um i want to know who else is involved in your organization oh Oh, man i got a group of great guys good friends Uh, a lot of these guys i've known them forever Um, uh, the first one probably be my brother james i gotta mention him Uh, i've uh, had the displeasure of knowing him my or his whole life not my whole life (laughs) Uh, he's uh he's handy i'll tell you what he's uh He's one of those, he's, he's a, an excellent devil's advocate. He keeps me honest. Um, it's real easy to slip down the rabbit hole whenever you're doing this type of work. And um, I'm kind of a natural skeptic, but he's even more of a good skeptic. And, and to be truthful with you, I always feel better when he's around because he's, he's a pretty good shot. Um, <laughs> Micah Doan. That's, that's good. Oh, yeah, well, he's... He's pretty good. Um, my friend Micah Doan, 
He is a friend of mine. I've known him for many, many years. We met in uh, Boy Scouts. We were both Boy Scout leaders for many years, and we still work together on uh, certain scouting projects. And uh, he's uh, the amount of just sheer time that he's spent in the woods is phenomenal. And, and not just Oklahoma, it's all over, you know, North America. Um, we've got uh, another guy named Jeff Hatfield, really good guy. He's, uh, you'll probably recognize him on our YouTube videos. He's the one that plays the guitar. And uh, he's actually pretty good. Um, but anyway, he's, he's excellent to have out. He's the one that actually spotted uh, the black object moving in one of our videos. Um, man, I tell you what, that, uh, I will never forget that when we were down southeastern Oklahoma, we were just sitting there having a casual conversation. <laughs> he come flying out of his chair. And he was like, there's something big and black and it's moving right there. And you could just, you know, you could just tell by the intensity and the you know, the excitement in his voice that, you know, and I, it was like instantly I knew this is no joke. He is for real. Let's, let's try to find something. Let's try to get something on tape. And it, it didn't work out, but it was great. And, uh, let's see, there's, there's Jeff, there's, uh, Jimmy, Micah, me. And of course there's, uh, the mysterious Mr. X. Uh, Mr. X is our, he's, uh, can I say about Mr. X without giving him away? I can't say a whole lot, honestly. Um, very intelligent man, uh, good man, knowledgeable, been around, has a lot of experience, not just in the in the field, but also just in life. And uh, he's really good to uh, have on our team. He's a he's a really smart individual. So, but I can't tell you a whole lot about him. I understand. I understand. Sounds like you got a great crew, great, great oh, group yeah. of guys. Now, if there's a listener out there, maybe in your general area, and they're hearing you talk, and maybe this is sparking some interest, they're interested in maybe joining your group. Can anyone join your team? How does this work? Well, we've actually had that come up, and um, we had to uh, actually call a meeting about that because. You know, there is liability involved in, in that kind of thing. And it prompted us to uh, do certain, uh, protect ourselves legally as a group. But what it really boils down to is, is there's different types of campouts that we go on. And uh, I love having new people out on certain campouts. And... Um, if, especially if it's like a car camp out where we just go to an area in a car and we set up some tents and we sit around a campfire and have a good time. Oh, yeah. And we've had people uh, come out on, on those. We had uh, um, so a really nice couple from uh, Sherry and Albert come out with us to Canton one time and we had a really good time. And uh, But um, th- we do have some camp outs that we do that are a little more dangerous uh we went way back into uh sky to wildlife management area not too long ago and we basically canoed uh several miles back in there set up camp and we were doing research that week and we did a youtube video on it and um you know we we actually 
had uh, a couple of guys turn over in the canoe on the way back and the water was really cold and to be quite truthful with you we things got really serious really quick um you know i was concerned about getting you know their canoe and everything and all their gear out of the water and within a matter of less than two minutes i think hypothermia was actually setting in on the guys and scared the hell out of me you know but we knew what to do they knew what to do and uh we handled the situation but um it was just kind of a big reminder that you know we can't just have anybody going on these trips because something could happen to them you know and if you don't have the option of just running and jumping in your car and and running for your life why i think that uh, the general public would probably have to miss out on those type just for safety reasons but but yeah we really do like having people come with us and hang out and on what i call the the low impact outings that we do love it i love meeting new people low impact outings i like that i like that a lot so what makes your group or your facebook page different from everybody else <laughs> well my facebook page is a little different um our group um you know we we're just a bunch of normal guys there's there's none of us are certified sasquatch sasquatch whispers a little bit up um but uh you know but we're just a bunch of guys that are open minded and curious and um we we just we just want to learn we want to grow and we want to spread the word around northwest oklahoma you know and let everybody out here know that there's a safe place where they can come and they can talk about this and you know we won't think they're crazy now the facebook page on the other hand it is a little bit different um i don't want to toot my own horn a whole lot but our facebook page is actually a, a good place to get what i call wisdom nuggets um let's face it you you can listen to a lot of you know youtube videos or podcasts or something where you hear people talk about you know how they were driving down the road and and they happened to see a sasquatch crossing the road and he was really scary and then he ran off and that was the end um there's hundreds and hundreds of these accounts and what can you really learn from them not a whole lot i mean let's face it we we all want to see one we want to have that experience and we're all looking for ways or maybe we're trying to be a little conniving and figure out ways that we could increase our chances of being able to have some type of sasquatch experience or i mean you know i don't want to end up in one's lap but man i sure would like to see one especially maybe from a distance you know um i don't know if i'd want to try to open up a line of communication with them or what not because you never know what you're going to get but our page has has kind of morphed into a place that's uh, kind of a, a Facebook page of learning. Um I don't post. You'll notice that probably 90% of all the posts on my page are from me. Every morning I get up, I drink coffee and I listen to YouTube videos, little podcasts, stuff like that, and I go through and I filter out all the ones that have that are just fluff. You know what I mean? 
and, and the ones that I can find some nugget, some something that's interesting about their behavior or patterning them, something that I find, you know, that might actually be potentially useful. Well, I'll add that to the Facebook page. There's there's no fluff there. Now, I do I do have a soft spot for, you know, my fellow Okies, uh, you know, on the page. I, I, you know, I always make sure that your stuff is on there because, you know, a lot of your stuff is local, you know, and, and you're a local guy. Um, you know, Sooner Sasquatch, I, I always try to post some of his stuff on there and, and Dave from Bigfoot and more, you know, these are all local guys. I'm a big local fan, you know, and I, I believe that that stuff does apply. Uh, to us and so a lot of times there'll be stuff in there that doesn't necessarily have nuggets but it's a local guy but for the most part if you see me posting something on there there's something there that you can learn not not a bunch of uh, I'm probably going to make somebody mad but you know I've seen enough Sasquatches playing the saxophone you know what I mean <laughs> yes I yeah. know exactly and, and I just I just want there to be a, a place where people can actually go and you know, I'll filter them out for you, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of the same story, different place, different people. You know what I mean? So. Right. Yes, I do. And going, going back to, uh, you were saying like how you wanted to see, see one or encounter one. I'm, I'm the same way. I haven't seen one yet. And I do, I really would like to see one. And I know you can't choose how you would encounter a Bigfoot, but mine would be definitely a roadside <laughs> encounter. I'm just driving in the safety of my vehicle. I see one uh, crossing the road or just standing on the side of the road. And, you know, I can slow down, get a nice little look, and then press on the gas and, and get the heck the out light, of there. Yeah. That's how Amen, I would brother. That would be very convenient, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, anyway, I want to... I want to read you kind of a random Bigfoot okay. report here. And uh, you were just saying, you know, we can't always learn from roadside encounters or whatever, but this actually is a roadside encounter story. But I want to get your okay. reaction to this. I actually, uh, I posted this one on Squatch Ranger Files episode 43, I believe, or 42. I don't know, one or the other. So you might have already heard this story, but I, want, I just want to get your reaction to this point uh, that the author made in this report i got this from the facebook page called bigfoot's wilderness bigfoot's wilderness okay. it comes from that page and i didn't get an exact location i tried to i tried to write in and ask but in the story it says it's it's a truck driver and he was on his way to tulsa so i don't know where he's coming from i don't know is if that the one where he's away, on 412 if it was it does. That's it doesn't they, say. I think I remember that it one. I, that's, I pictured one. him being on four twelves. Okay, maybe it was. Could have been. So, basically, what happens here is there's a truck driver. It's early in the morning. He's you know going on his route to Tulsa. He sees a creature leaning over a deer carcass, and he's tearing chunks of meat from the deer carcass and bringing it up to its mouth and eating the deer. And as the truck's approaching and getting closer and closer, this creature turns and it looks directly at the driver, not just generally at the truck. He's like making eye contact, looking directly specifically at the driver. 
um, what's what's your reaction to that? Like, what? I mean, this thing, this creature knows that there's a person in the vehicle and they're looking right at him. What? What do well, you react? Well, a couple to that? of conclusions that I would first draw is uh, um, there are there are some things that you can learn from that. Number one, you, you know, you, you can, of course, they're perhaps picking up roadkill. Um, maybe that's why there's so many roadside encounters. Um, maybe there's an answer. Uh, maybe there's, you know, maybe you could use that to your advantage. Um, the other thing that I remember that one, and he, it was almost like he could see him through the windshield, you know, now you got to ask yourself, yes, can a Sasquatch vision see through a windshield? Uh, is there vision like ours or is it like, is it? different we these are some of the things that we just don't know but obviously that tells me that they can they can either see through glass or he's had experiences in the past where he knows that a driver is going to be on the front left hand side of that vehicle um and if that's the case then uh remember these things and they know to look right there sounds like to me he was almost uh uh, in a, making an attempt to defend his kill, you know, uh, he probably heard something coming, and you know, pretty standard issue response. You know, it's like, oh, something's coming. I got to defend my kill. You know. Yeah, I and I kind of envision this thing is it's an intimidation. I'm intimidating mm-hmm. you. I know, look, I know to look yeah. right at you. <laughs> like, come at know, me. Bro. That's kind of what I see going on there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. I, you know, I don't. I would. Uh-oh. I will say this: that all roadside encounters do offer one thing, and that's uh, a location. You know, locations are really, really handy. Yes. But yeah, I, I mean, I think he pro- was probably just protecting his kill, and it's probably a standard issue response. He would have probably acted the same way with just about anything that he perceived as a threat coming after his uh, his little lunchable, his deer lunchable. <laughs> right, right. Okay, that I like that. That's good. That's good <laughs> stuff, Brian. This is Brian Terrell with the Red Dirt Cryptids Investigations team, and and I just want to know. Um, this is a common question in the Bigfoot circles. It goes yeah. around all the time. Is your group? What's your uh, what's your official stance? Are you a kill or a no kill group? Well, uh, no kill, definitely. Um, you know, you can say what you want to say about, um, uh, well, a lot of people think that you need to kill one and have one laid out on a table for scientists to inspect so that we can, you know, have them recognized as a legitimate, um, as a, as a legitimate species. Uh, I'm of the opinion that they don't need our help. Uh, they've been, they've been doing just fine. And I think pretty much everybody that's really in the know on the Sasquatch thing knows that their population is actually increasing. Um, now I'm, I'm no expert, but that's, that's just what they say. I don't think they need our help. I think, you know, and, and they damn sure don't need our government's help. I mean, <laughs> I mean, the government can't do anything right. And people, people are, people are smart by themselves, but when you put people together, they're stupid. And, um, I, you know, look at some of the historical, um, the historical records of the way, you know, cause we have 
people have captured them in the past. Uh, you know, from like you know the 1850s and stuff. The old newspaper clippings. You know, what did what did we do with them? We locked them up in cages. You know, um, we. I think there was even a. I can't remember where it was, but there was one where we we shaved it and put it in an insane asylum. Uh, are you familiar with that one? Uh, no, I don't uh, think I've I heard this one. I can't remember where I. I can't remember where I heard this, but you know what they were basically describing was a was a Sasquatch, and apparently they captured it. And it was a young one, and they shaved it and put it in an insane asylum, and it died. So they buried it. Yeah, you know so. So these things, they don't need our help. They they need us to, you know, leave them alone. You know, and sometimes I feel bad because, uh, you know, I'm intruding on them. But, um, you know, I would keep their secrets. Uh, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't disclose any, you know, place where, you know, you know, that, that would be one of my big fears is, is actually getting video footage of them. I mean, what are you going to do with that? You know, and everybody's going to want to know where you got it, you know? Right. I mean, the last thing I want to do is have, you know, a bunch of people flock to the area and drive them out of their home. I mean, you know, we don't know a whole lot about them. For all we know, they're they're just as intelligent as we are. Maybe they've actually, what, what if they are as smart as we are? And what if they've chosen uh, a life of nature, you know, there, we, there are people like us that choose to live that way. What if they've just, yeah. What if they've just, uh, it's true. what if many hundreds of years ago, they just force forsaked, you know, technology and uh, machinery. And this, this is what they've chosen. You know, who, who knows? Nobody knows, you know? And so if we don't know much about them, then I don't think we need to kill one and put it on a table just so we can, you know, protect it. <laughs> all we all, if, if we did kill one, which I think we really have, and I think the government hides it. Um, I, I just don't think that any good would come of it. Not at all. Okay. So your group is a yep. no kill group. And um, I, I just want to ask: Do you do you still carry a gun on your investigations, and why 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 oh, do you yeah. carry a gun? Um, well, tweakers. Uh, I know it sounds silly, but uh, <laughs> I honestly believe the most dangerous thing in the woods is um, is is humans. Um, you get off in the woods, away from the cops, away from the cities, away from cameras. You know, um, people's true natures come out. I know it sounds horrible, but I don't trust people. Um, people are sketchy. I used to live in Oklahoma City for a while. I've seen a few things. I, I know big, bad Oklahoma City, that really ain't a whole lot. But but I, I've seen some pretty bad things. And uh, I know what humans are capable of, especially when they think nobody's looking. Uh, another problem that has just kind of really started rearing its ugly head in the last 10 years is uh, wild hogs. Um, they are never alone, kind of like a Sasquatch. Uh, the difference between Sasquatch and hogs is Sasquatches, you really don't find them in groups of 40. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And uh, I think wild, wild hogs are dangerous. 
Right. And you never know what they're going to do because they're kind of a cross between a wild animal and domesticated animal. So they don't have that natural fear of humans. So, yeah, I carry a gun, but, you know, I have no intention. Now, now if a Sasquatch jumped on me and was biting me, yeah, it's going to, I'm going to do my best to get my gun out and I'm going to try to put a few rounds in him. But, you know, it's, um, so, you know, that's just self-protection. I would, I would never want to harm one intentionally. Agreed. Agreed. Now, correct me if I'm wrong here. Um, I think you've in the past with your group, the Red Dirt Cryptids, you've had like a meet and greet where you had some people come in and meet maybe at a <laughs> restaurant or something and maybe you exchange stories or something. And did you have a meet and greet just like that last yeah, summer or um, something? We did. We tried that. Um, you know, I don't think the word, I don't think that people are comfortable with this yet. I don't think the word really got now. We did have some people show up. Um, some re- we met a few really nice people and uh, we met at the, the old Flamingo uh, Lounge over at uh, in, in Enid and I was totally shocked that that many people we, we had like four or five people show up um, some of them I haven't heard from since uh, regrettably but um, you know some of them are, are still around I still chit chat with them and keep them abreast of what we're doing and if we're going to be going out on any low impact campouts, but it was, it was nice. And I actually learned some stuff from them. Um, found out, uh, got, found out some information on a sighting that, uh, uh, I knew a little bit about, but didn't know much. There was a lot of vagueness about it. I was able to put two there and found out some information that was, that was good. Cause, uh, that was one of our sightings that we've got documented, but um, that guy that actually saw the Sasquatch uh, crossing the road would—he uh, won't go and do an interview, and that's fine. Um, you know, we don't need to, you know, pin anybody down or, or, or you know, I just—I just want the information. You know, that I'm primarily interested in the information. So, and that's what those meet and greets are for. I hope that, um, you know, after things get a little bit back to normal, a little bit more, we could have a couple more of them and maybe entice a few more people. Uh, we were only advertising it on the Facebook page, uh, back then. And I think we just probably barely had a hundred people on our Facebook page. We, we just recently turned over 400. So you know, we're growing and uh, hopefully our target audience is growing and, and hopefully we can get the word out. And I don't know, maybe we can create like a little community in Northwest Oklahoma of people that trust each other enough to, to talk, you know, and, and share knowledge and wisdom. That's great. I'm, I'm kind of uh, been brainstorming. I kind of want to try maybe a virtual maybe like a zoom type thing, meet and greet something similar to what you're saying. So, so I was going to ask, and I think you kind of answered the question. Um, so it wasn't just mostly you talking. There was some people, some guests that showed up that did share some stories or maybe had questions yeah. and spoke a little bit. It was, you know, we have conversation. A, we kicked around a lot of ideas for it. And, um, we, we wanted to have a, a, a nice platform where, 
perhaps one day we could actually uh, do some educational type stuff. Not that I'm a, you know, a certified professor professor of squatchdom, but you know, you can, you know, learn a lot. And unfortunately, I I watch a lot of videos and I read some books and stuff like that. And you know, I have learned a lot. And uh, you know, I, I would I think that anything I can do to educate other people in my area that are that are you know like-minded I, I would I would love to share any knowledge that I know but the problem is and the reason why we ended up at the Flamingo Lounge which is for those for anybody that don't know it's like a bar type atmosphere um, one of those bars that you can have kids in um, we, we were just you know with COVID and everything we were really struggling to try to find a place where we could all meet and um, so you know and, and meet in uh you know, in style, <laughs> if that makes any sense. So, yeah, I, yeah. I think that's a good idea. Meeting with I was going to ask what, with Zoom was... meeting. That's that's interesting. Yeah, and I might uh, talk with you about that in the future. But I, I was going to ask, what did you order? Oh, well, Do you remember what you ordered? Um, the Flamingo is known for its uh, greasy cheeseburgers. And uh, so that was that was probably mm. what I ate. Pretty sure a greasy cheeseburger, and you can't get French fries there. You've got to you got to have chips, and so and you can only got one choice of chips, and that's um, potato chips, uh, the the salty kind. So no, they no. they make the chips. They're pretty. Uh, no, okay. Yeah, they're pretty uh, low tech there, but. Uh, They've been doing it. They've been there forever. I mean, I, I, I'm 48 years old, and I guarantee you that place was there and running when I was 10. So it's it's for it's hopefully it's there for a long time to come. Well, next time I'm going through Enid, maybe I'll yeah. check that place out. I've never eaten there. <laughs> okay, back to Bigfoot talk here. Um, what? I want to know what kind of Sasquatch experiences well, have you had? I've never personally? had uh, a class A sighting. Um, looking forward to that one time, uh, you know, someday. But um, you know, we did. Uh, we went down to southeastern Oklahoma um, not too terribly long ago, and um, we had a really freaky experience in the middle of the night where we had uh, what I'm. 98% sure that we had uh, uh, probably some juveniles come in and they were toying with us in the middle of the night. It was quite unnerving for me because I was sleeping in a hammock at the time and one came really close to me and stepped on a stick and broke a stick. And I know you're probably thinking, oh man, they're, they're like ninjas of the forest. Well, Whatever this was, it stepped on a stick, and yeah, as soon as it did, it grunted like just like you or I would if if we stepped on a stick and ghosted ourselves. It, it was like crack, and it went Ugh! like like it was disgusted with itself, and that it was probably fifteen feet or less from me. Scared the bejeebers out of me. I come flying out of that hammock, and I started yelling. And, and I think I scared the crap out of Jeff. And, and it's, I, I do a pretty decent uh, reenactment of what happened. Um, 
on that that one specific YouTube video where we, we kind of went over everything. And, but it was, uh, you know, my, my devil's advocate was on high alert the next morning. And there was just, I just could not explain what was going on, um, you know, that night by any other means other than having a couple of the, the big men running around my campsite that night. It was intense. It was really intense. Well, as you retell that, it makes me think of me waking up in the middle of the night and I'm walking across the house in the dark and I step on one of my son's <laughs> toys and it absolutely just stabs into my bare feet and it makes me jump up and I'm angry and, you know, hurt all at the same time. So maybe, maybe, uh, maybe your Bigfoot was stepping on Junior's toy stick uh, in the middle of the woods type I thing. I definitely when he got was, the impression you know, going to the bathroom or something. slightly disgusted with himself. I say he, I mean, it could have been a she, but that was, uh, that was, yeah. Looking back on it, it was a very exciting and exhilarating experience. Um, uh, I'm not trying to, you know, talk myself up, but I have spent a lot of time in the woods and I know what most animals sound like and the noises they make. And I mean, there is just nothing quite like it when they come in and they're making that mouth popping noise. I mean, I don't know how to do it, but it's like, you know, when you, you kind of pull a suction cup with your tongue on the top of the roof of your mouth and you kind of pop it, it was something similar to that. And uh, mm-hmm. it was pretty loud and they were just doing that. And it was almost like they were testing us to see, you know, how much it would take to, you know, wake us up. Um, you know, and they were kind of, there was, I'm pretty sure there was two of them. And one was around on the back side of our camp and one was on the north side and they were kind of probing us. And I think they were basically learning from us to see what they could get away with without waking us up. And uh, sometimes I think the one that was making the popping noises was trying to distract us from what the other one was doing. And they were trying to get in our cooler. As a matter of fact, Jeff Hatfield and I both heard the cooler open up in the middle of the night and of course I'm laying in the hammock and I don't want to move, you know, cause I'm just, I'm just kind of partially scared, partially just loving it. And, uh, and, uh, so excited. And I heard the cooler lid open and I, at the time, you know, we thought that the cooler was still sitting on the ground and I thought, well, now Brian, Brian, that, that could be Coons. Uh, that could be like a little bear or something, you know, that's over there opening that cooler. And uh, we heard the, the cooler lid open. You know how those old school coolers, when they open, they go, you know. And uh, I heard that and I was just like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, Brian, don't get your hopes up. That could be a coon. That could be anything. We got up the next morning and uh, Micah had taken the, the cooler and, and taken it up off the ground and set it in the back of his pickup truck in the middle so that nothing could get to it. So whatever it was had to actually reach up and over into the pickup truck to open it up. It was, uh, oh yeah, it was very enlightening. Wow. You know, something had to been pretty big and reach up and over. So that was exciting. Just made me really happy. So kind of had to. What's, what's us, you know, um, talking to witnesses or something maybe you've experienced 
what's some of the strangest or weirdest Bigfoot reports you've received or heard on another program? <laughs> well, what's totally weird? Almost all of them, but, uh, you know, there are a couple of things that do stick into my mind. Um, well, there's two that actually pop into my mind right now. Uh, one's kind of interesting and the other one's kind of, kind of concerning. Um, not too terribly long ago, I, uh, I posted a, I think it was a Cryptids Canada uh, video on on there, and it was a it was a guy that saw a, a that had an encounter with a Sasquatch, and the Sasquatch had tattoos. And I was totally fascinated by this concept, you know. And uh, so I reached out to uh, Troy Hudson because you know he he knows a lot, and I asked him about it, and he's said that he knows of a lot of accounts where you know Sasquatch or have tattoos or sometimes they even wear jewelry or or uh, he told me a story about one that wore a hat for a while you know and uh, that kind of stuff I just found I find that incredibly fascinating and um, the tattoo thing uh, when you think about how I mean they were like tribal tattoos and that just, there's so many questions that just start flooding to your mind when you start thinking about that, that, uh, and we probably don't have time to go into that, but that's just, wow, you know, wow. And, um, the other thing that bothers me is, um, I've been in, I've been in contact with a, a poor lady and, um, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian and, uh, I, I believe in God and I believe in Jesus and uh, he's my savior and I'm very grateful for everything that he's done for me. But uh, unfortunately, if you, if you believe in the Lord, you also have to believe in demons. And I believe that there are certain situations where demons have pretended to be Sasquatch uh, in, in order to hide who they really are and um, I I don't really want to go into this a, a whole lot because this is like a can of worms that never ends but um, you know I, I was visiting a little bit briefly with a lady that was having some issues and the more and more we talked the more and more I was like you know this lady does not have a Sasquatch problem she has this is a demonic presence, you know, and uh, I think that some of these horror stories that people have, you know, a lot of these horror stories that people have, they're Sasquatch related. I, I just hate, you know, I just, I hate to just put that on the Sasquatch people completely because demons are real. And um, I don't, I don't know what everybody believes out there. You know, you get to believe what you want to believe. This is still America for a little while yet. And, uh, you know, I, I believe that demons are real. I do believe that demons can possess people. And I've seen some scary stuff. Uh, and, um, you know, it just really irritates me that the, you know, that they'll, they will, you know, pretend to be Sasquatch or something they're not. And, uh, so, but that's been on my heart lately, but what do you do about it? Nothing you can do. Just be aware of it. Don't be fooled. So...
What about what about UFOs? Do you think there's a connection between UFOs and Sasquatch? You know, when I first got into this, I totally dismissed that as, you know, a bunch of hokey gooey. Um, but the more and more I get into it, and, and here recently, uh, you know, I guess the government's been releasing all these documents, or they, they, the government has actually acknowledged that they have engaged uh, what they call off-world craft in uh, combat. I mean, what do you do with that? What do you do with that knowledge? Um, the sky's the limit on that. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, I think it's possible that that maybe they are of alien descent. Uh, maybe, maybe you know, they're in contact with them. Um, maybe they can. Who knows? Maybe they're you know interdimensional. Uh, there's a lot of research and there's a lot of knowledge that's being gained on on the different dimensions nowadays. And uh, it's pretty much a, what do I say, an accepted fact uh, in the scientific world now that there are other dimensions other than the ones that we inhabit and are aware of personally. I know this is, this is another rabbit hole scenario, but uh, who knows? You know, it, it maybe maybe somewhere along the line where we developed um, where we developed machines you know and we went along the machine technology type road maybe maybe they started you know focusing on a metaphysical uh, technology and uh, maybe they developed the ability to go between dimensions I mean nobody really knows nobody has all the answers and when you close your mind to one of these, you know, scenarios and just say, no, that just can't be, you've got to have proof. You can't just say, well, that just can't be because I don't like that answer. Well, that's not acceptable. You know, and the truth is, is we just don't know. So. That's, that's very true. I was asked the same question. Uh, a while back when I was on a when I was a guest on a show called Oklahoma Ghost Stories and it's cool. also available here on Anchor for all you listeners on Anchor go check out Oklahoma Ghost Stories uh, I was a guest on there he asked me what my thoughts were about Sasquatch and UFOs I don't think I answered it very well but if I could go back I would say first off I'm a huge <laughs> ancient aliens fan of ancient aliens I really like that show um it's just very interesting. I really like that show. Always have for a long time. I need to catch back up with it. But but talking about Sasquatch and aliens, um, UFOs. I don't know if I'm quite there yet. I'm. I I want to see yep. more. I just want to. I just want to be on standby and kind of wait until you know maybe we hear more, get more evidence of that. But I'm not quite there on that uh, bandwagon yet. I don't want to make light of it or make fun of people or put them down that are totally you know on on that path of of what they're thinking's going on because i don't i just don't want to be that way because i think there's people out there that do put you down if you don't believe a certain way that they believe or whatever i'm not going to be that way but i'm not quite there yet but it what i did say on that program was it makes sense to me if there is a ufo correlation because what we can't find them uh that you know they basically vanish there might be two tracks someplace and then boom they're gone there's not a 
big line of tracks. Yeah. Where, where'd they go? So maybe they got on a UFO and, and <laughs> went away. I don't, you know, like you're saying, we don't know everything. Uh, I'm not quite ready to be there yet, but it that would make sense lot, if that ends up being true. That's my point. Yeah. So let's let's move on here. Uh, what are your future plans well, for the Red Dirt um, Cryptids investigations? You know, I want to be able to get to a point to where, uh, get the word out enough to where people begin to, you know, trust us. Um, you know, in our area, there's, you, you know how there's that old saying that for every one report that gets reported, there's 10 that go unreported. Uh, I about imagine in, in Northwest Oklahoma, yeah, it's more sure. like a hundred. I mean, we just do not talk about this kind of stuff. And uh, I've actually had people contact me and they, they've sent me an email and it, I can tell that the email is from a like generic, it's almost like they made up that email so that they could send it, that letter to me about you know, their own experience and whatnot just so they could remain completely anonymous. People are so scared of being ridiculed. I think it's even worse in my area. And so I would like to, you know, make an impact on that um, over a period of time. It's going to be a tough battle. But in the meantime, you know, while we're, while we're trying to work with, uh, you know, gaining the, the people's trust and, 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 you know, being able to be somebody that they feel like that they could confide in, you know, we're just going to, we're going to be out there. Uh, we're going to keep camping. We're going to be out there doing stuff. We're going to have our, our eyes peeled. Uh, we're going to be staying up late, listening. You know, we're going to try, you know, every once in a while, we'll probably break down and knock on a tree and maybe, you know, wh- whatever we can do to uh, try to bring some, get their attention so that maybe they'll come in and, uh, you know, tinker with us a little bit. But we're going to be out there. We go out a lot. And I go camping a lot. When, when I'm not camping uh, with the guys, uh, I'm also out there camping with uh, a scout troop that uh, Mike and Owen and I are involved with. And you know, I, I'm probably camping two weekends a month. But, you know, you got to get out there and you got you to gotta be aware. You got to look, look for tracks and just just kind of be aware of your surroundings and kind of be mentally open you know if that makes sense right yeah yes it does okay i want to talk about a couple of your youtube videos really quick we're about to wrap up here you have a youtube video out there where you kind of give some suggestions on how to rig up some kind of lights on your car so if you see a Sasquatch maybe approaching or anything approaching in the middle of the night, you can just flip on these lights. You also have a video. It had to do with, I think they're called bionic ears. Um, I think they're actually for guns to um, deaden the sound of gunshots, but they also yeah. uh, automatically have bionic ears. And you can hear here and you're kind of giving your review of that just really quick for maybe someone starting out and big footing. Uh, just a random item to include in your well, those headphones investigation pack. They are amazing, um, and they're not very expensive. I don't even think they're 
they're 50 bucks i actually bought them years ago that that set is probably 10 years old and they just work and you know and here recently um i took them with when we went down to uh hanabi with uh, troy hudson and where you and i was down there and we were all sitting around the campfire and um we were sitting there you know talking and everybody was chit-chatting and stuff and there was some there was some big men out in the distance that were calling and they were making you know the these roars kind of these howls and no you know most of the other people were not hearing them i was hearing all of this and i'll tell you something else uh, just kind of a side plug troy hudson has got a set of ears on him. He was the only one that was hearing all the stuff I was hearing, and he was hearing it without any assistance whatsoever. That dude can hear. I'm here to tell you right now. But I was hearing all kinds of vocalizations off in the distance that I don't think that anybody else in the group except for Troy was hearing. I mean, it was amazing. And uh, everybody else was just jibber-jabbering and talking and stuff. And there was a lot of activity going on that a lot of people on that expedition missed out on. So I was very thankful for those. Okay. Yeah, wow. Okay, I'm going to have to get with you <laughs> after the show, and you're going to have to send me a link on Amazon to get some of these. I I'm tried serious. to let you borrow I'm, one. But I think yeah. I want to get some. That sounds pretty cool. Uh, let's move Uh, well I might have to just get me a pair of my own Um, let's move into final thoughts here I want to give you a chance to plug your your uh, Facebook page your YouTube channel give contact info to the audience any final thing you want to say to the listening audience out there we're nothing special we're just a bunch of guys that you know we'll listen to you we want to know what you know we're not going to condemn you um, we don't just do Sasquatch stuff. Um, anything. Um, we're we're also aware of dogman activity, and um, we've even had some reports of uh, of flying cryptid activity too. And uh, we'll, we just want we just we'll keep any information that you want us to keep quiet. Quiet. Okay. You don't even have to tell us who you are. But we're very, very interested in what's going on. Uh, if you want to keep the location secret, I, I guarantee you we will never, uh, we will never disclose it. As a matter of fact, um, we've even had in the, the main group, we've actually had conversations about how if somebody tells one of the people in our group something in confidence that we are not allowed to talk about it with other members of the group. Uh, we're very serious about it because, you know, We've been ridiculed, and we know what it's like, and we don't appreciate it. Um, people are, you know, a lot of times grown people act like little teenage girls, you know, and they just get vicious with stuff, and they have no reason to. But we can definitely appreciate you guys wanting to keep confidentiality. Um, but uh, we just want to know what you guys know, because there's a lot of things in Northwest Oklahoma and all around, uh, you know, three-state area, you know, Willie, heck, I'll even drive to Missouri. We want to know what's going on, and uh, we want to know what you know, and because that's that's the that's the goal. We want to we want to just learn more about them. 
All right. So if someone's listening right now and they do have something to well, report, best and fastest, how do they contact the easiest, you? Uh, What's the easiest way? way is, is, is Facebook. You know, you can look us up on Facebook. It's Red Dirt Cryptid Investigations. You can, uh, we have a website, Red Dirt Cryptid Investigations at gmail.com. Um, but, you know, if you just get on Facebook, uh, you can, you know, find me. My name is Brian Terrell. I'm one of the admins. Or you can find any one of the admins. And uh, you can message on music messenger. That's probably the most painless way. Um, but uh, I think my my phone number is, is even posted uh, in in the uh, files portion of the Facebook page. So you can actually call me. But if you call me, uh, text me first. So if I get a phone call from a random number, I usually think they're trying to reach me about my car's extended warranty. So. <laughs> Nice, nice. All right, this is Brian Terrell of the Red Dirt Cryptids Investigations team. Look them up on Facebook. Look them up on YouTube. And Brian, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, it's been you've been a great guest here on Squatch Ranger Files. Please come back sooner thank than you later. So much. I'd like I to have you as a been, guest on again. In the I appreciate future. you thinking about us, and uh, we will. Uh, I'm looking forward to working with you guys in the future. <laughs>